In this era of grave spiritual crisis, it is not enough to simply know about your Catholic faith. That is why we need a Catholic toolbox to equip us with the practical skills necessary to live our Catholic faith to reach our ultimate goal, which is heaven for all eternity. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Join us every Tuesday night at 8pm for the Catholic Toolbox as we hand you the tools to go forth, live the faith and change our modern world today. Live on The Voice of Charity. Welcome back to another week on the Catholic Toolbox, The Art of Practical Catholicism. I'm your host and founder, George Manasseh, here as we equip you with practical tools to live your faith in our modern world of today. And part of living your faith is not losing your faith. And that's why I brought in Salah Elias, Australian producer for EWTN here. Welcome aboard, Salah Elias. Welcome back, actually. Yeah, thank you, George. It's always good to to be on your show and to share insights because we're on the same page, I think. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and for Thank those who don't know, Salwa has a tremendous show here on Voice of Charity Australia on 17.01 a.m. Um, it's Care for Your Soul on Monday nights, 8 p.m. So tune into Salwa's show, 8 p.m. Uh, on Monday nights, uh, Australia uh, Eastern Standard Time, 8 p.m. So Thank Care you. for Your Soul. Do you want to explain a little bit for people listening yeah. about um about what, what is care for your soul why should they listen to the bot to the show well that's exactly what your intro was about george how we remain catholic in this day and age right how do we defend our faith so caring for our soul providing our soul with the nourishment it requires the acronyms c-a-r-e they're not coincidental i particularly chose them because those acronyms represent confession, adoration, rosary, and Eucharist. So those four elements are the basic elements that we need to nourish our soul and to keep us strong and prayerful and to feed our interior spiritual life. That's what the program, oh, my program is mainly about, the spiritual life and encouraging one another to pray and persevere in prayer, as we should as Catholics, of course. So tune in to Care for Your Soul, Monday night, 8 p.m. Australia time. You can re-watch it on all other platforms. Tremendous show, Salwa. So let's get Thank into you. the topic. Um, I, I know you're now, you're part of today, uh, um, the, uh, the, the, um, the tour, the book tour that's going on with Perusia Media. Um, mm. uh, do you want to... Joel Marin. Joel Marin, excellent. And she's yeah. released her book in here in Australia mm -hmm. uh, on mm. her tour and... And and you work with a lot of people pastorally. You have for the past twenty years or so. I, I, thirty I years. <laughs> thirty, thirty years. years. I cut your experience short. <laughs> Sorry about that, but That's thirty okay. years. <laughs> thirty years um, of, of of even pastoral formation, and you work with a lot of people uh, to help them maintain their spiritual life. What are you seeing? For the past 10 years and currently today, what is the greatest challenge to people's faith who are Catholic 
mm-hmm. but they're struggling with their faith or they, it could be spiritual complacency. What, what's the greatest challenge for us today? I think the greatest challenge is getting too comfortable, becoming mm-hmm. indifferent. It didn't help with the isolation period we've just had. The mm-hmm. last three years have turned us into uh, unsocial people. <laughs> We're scared to socialize. We've locked ourselves up. We're isolated. We're afraid to speak to other people and we're afraid to get out. So the last few years have instilled fear into us. And I find that that has been the greatest challenge to our faith because those who were once very faithful all of a sudden became very fearful. Now, as faithful Catholics, if our prayer is a committed prayer, a disciplined prayer, like daily prayer. If we pray daily, the rosary, the rosary keeps us strong. If we go to adoration and daily mass, that builds us up even more, empowers us. And if we don't have the sacrament of Holy Communion in the mass, if we don't receive our sacraments, our confession and our and our Holy Communion, I think that's the greatest battle of all, where the enemy is trying to keep us away from confession and thereby keeping us away from Holy Communion so that our nourishment isn't there or it's very, very minimal. I mean, you can say, oh, I have every good intention. I'm a prayerful person. God knows my heart. Great. That's wonderful. What are you doing about it? And I think it's that fear that's become our greatest barrier the fear of being Catholic, uh, I guess, with the current climate too, not as in climate weather, <laughs> but cultural climate, <laughs> with the current cultural climate where Catholics seem to be the new ISIS, I dare say, we're the, we're the new um, point of attack. Everyone seems to be pointing at us and, and shooting at us. What do we do? How do we respond to that? Well, the word is respond. We don't react. We respond. And, I mean, I've got a lot of things I can share with you about how to respond. Um, If you want me to go straight into it, I can. But if you want to talk more about something else, please feel free. uh, Yeah, we will definitely talk about in the practical tools. Uh, We we need to know how Mm. to respond. I mean, that's the whole point of the Mm. show, to find practical tools to take action. But from my perspective as a millennial, uh, I think what you see is a lot of Catholics become complacent with their spiritual life. And, and and I put the finger at myself to start with. We can become complacent in the sense that it can become habitual. We've gone to talks. Uh, we go to mass. Um that it can become stale at times. Yeah. I think that that's probably in a world where we're trying to, uh, uh, that's competing for our attention spans mm-hmm. and entertainment. That's what a lot of people can get caught up with and they can just become lazy and stop trying and stop praying and stop persevering. I think that's what I see a lot in people. And then when things don't go right in their families, uh, then they look up to the sky and say, oh God, uh, <laughs> what why hast thou forsaken me? And they're not praying in their life. They're not praying for their spouse if something's going on. They're, they're not praying for their children. They're not praying that they've abandoned the faith. So 
what are your thoughts on that, Salah, from your experiences? and Yeah, from my experience, uh, George, it's sad to say everything that you've said is 100% correct. I think that parents aren't not praying for their children. They're just assuming that God will just take care of their families and their children. They don't even realize anymore that they're not praying for their children. They forget. So they go into mass, they're doing their thing, but they forget that if there's problems in my home, how am I solving them? And our God has a sense of humor and he makes all things happen with no coincidences, right? He brings us to our knees when he knows it's time to be brought to your knees and look up to the sky because you can't get any further down. There's nowhere else to go but up. And so when people ask me, why is God allowing this to happen in my family? Why is there suffering in my home? Why is this happening or that happening? Be thankful for that cross because that cross is your bridge to heaven. That cross, especially now in this season of Lent, is the greatest lesson we can look to, look to the cross as our example. Offer everything that you can for your family. The millennials, yes. The millennials are struggling with complacency and indifference because even if they've been brought up in a good Catholic environment, in a good home where they're taught the rosary, daily prayers, daily mass, etc., etc., then they get to their 30s or their late 20s and they get tied up with the world and they become indifferent, like you said, they become layback. They think that the prayers of the past are enough for the for the future. But we have to remind one another that we need to pray daily. We need to communicate with God daily. Because what is prayer? Communicating with God on a daily basis. If we stay finely tuned to God's will in our life, then our day will progress as God desires it. Sometimes it's not looking good, but he has a purpose for that. If you see people suffering and struggling, there's a purpose for that. That purpose may be for their own personal conversion. It may be as a punishment for something to remind us that you're uh, sinning, you're offending God. And so God chastises us. Uh, there's lots of, I mean, I could, we could say so much about this, couldn't we? What are the reasons that we become complacent? Even us as adults, there were times when I went through the dark night. It's not... Uh, not complacency, and it's not desolation or, or despair. It's just a dark night, like St. John of the Cross speaks about, where you have no consolations, you have nothing. You just have faith. That's all. Just faith. And all, all I did was walk through it, just keep going. And when I have those times, I mean, we're all working on becoming saints. None of us are perfect. And when I have those times when I am discouraged and I feel like I can't do this anymore, I'm tired, I do it anyway. And I think that's what's lacking. We don't have the endurance to just do it anyway. You don't feel like praying, pray anyway. You don't feel like going to Mass, go anyway. You don't feel like going to confession, go anyway. Just do it. That's what's missing. I mean, think about it. I don't feel like having showers so you have no shower for the rest of your life. No, you just do it because if you don't, you'll stink. Same yeah. with our soul. If we don't just pray, 
if we don't just pray because we know that's what God wants of us, our soul is going to start stinking. It's not going to be a very beautiful soul. That's why we have to care for our soul. Now that's shit. a really good analogy, actually. A very good analogy. And uh, I mean, I think that's really the problem because young millennials, because there's always this culture of entertainment, uh, mm. pleasure seeking, everything easy, comfort. There's that. There's that absorption of comfort too much, and we always want things to be comfortable. I mean, technology is designed to make your life more and more convenient. Yes, I think excess convenience can sort of so we soak it in like a sponge that it, I think when it then we translate that to our spiritual life and it soaks us and weighs us down. I think where we we don't want to pray, you don't feel like praying. Yeah. You can't be bothered. Uh, and, and I think we need to foster the spirit of struggle and to actually accept, hey, this is a struggle. Accept the struggle, uh, even though you might fail. Um, in this, in the same sense, the way people go to the gym. I mean, they'll, they'll continuously go to the gym. They know they're struggling. They'll keep going. We need that same attitude because I think we're all hypocrites with the spiritual life. We... We have no problem going to a, a boot camp with someone screaming at us, pushing at us. Uh, we have no problem going to a job where you have a manager or a boss that sometimes, you know, is a bit demanding. We have kids. But then when it comes to our spiritual life, I think there's a set. We, uh, we, we opt in for a different standard. No, no spiritual director can tell me what to do. No, look, I do it at my pace on my own terms. But that's not how we were living at work, how we were living everything else. We just, I, I don't know, we think spiritual life is supposed to be just flow however we want. It's on our terms. But our God is a God of order. And God doesn't like things to be done in just a non-schematic way. He's a God of order. He is perfect in every way. And he wants us to discipline our prayer life and perfect it. And our spiritual director, you mentioned spiritual directors, is very essential in that journey. But like you said, sometimes we're too proud to do what's asked of us. It's too difficult. You know what's strange too, George? The more convenient life is becoming, the more stressful it's becoming. How does that work? How is it that with so many conveniences and shortcuts, we have 10 times more mental health issues? so much stress and anxiety amongst everyone not just catholics everyone and it's a real issue i know because i work in that that field and it's sad because where is the peace that we should be claiming from our faith where is the peace of christ that peace we're actually ignoring because that peace comes through the sacraments comes through reflection comes through prayer and reading the gospels etc but if we're not doing that and we're just playing on our phones and watching like like you said entertainment if we're allowing entertainment to become our our prayer life then we're not going to find that peace and uh, I mean I got a lot today out of that women's retreat with Joelle and she spoke about peace in the heart and that peace can only come from God we have to connect with him we have to have that divine intimate relationship with god in order to gain his peace we won't find it in our phone or on the screen 
or in anyone else. It will only be found in God himself. And that, and he's made that accessible in the sacraments, the sacraments of confession, the sacraments of uh, Eucharist, Holy Communion, the Mass. That's, that's where our peace lies. And um, I think that's what's missing also um, in uh, these days, that peace. People are so anxious, worried about everything. I mean, I'm no different too, but I have to remind myself daily, why are you worried? Entrust it to the Lord. Surrender everything to him. Surrender yourself and surrender all your problems to him. And I do that in adoration. And then let God do the rest. We have to learn to do that. But that doesn't mean sitting back and doing nothing at all. Don't get me wrong, because we'll get into that too about responding and reacting you know what I mean there are some situations where we don't just sit back and be quiet yes there are times when we turn the other cheek or we give the the thief our coat as well as our shirt on our back but there are other times when we have to turn those tables over of the money changes and tell them to get out of the temple so we have to learn when to respond when to react and that will have to come through prayer and discernment, discerning um, the spirit of God. The interesting thing is, are we becoming salwa spiritually and personally um, weaker or softer or less resilient than we were that is before? The yeah, that is the danger. Are we becoming too open-minded? too politically correct let's just yeah. you know address the elephant in the room are we just politically correct catholics now just trying not to offend anyone and not step on anyone's toes um that's that's hard to answer because i mean i'm thinking back at cardinal pell's funeral god rest his soul the funeral we had at st mary's cathedral it was such a beautiful testimony of our faith to see so many Catholics in that forecourt presenting themselves to attend this beautiful mass for our cardinal, our beloved cardinal. And on the other side of the road, we had the opposite. It broke my heart to see a few Catholic people acting like those antagonists on the other side of the road rather than acting more like Christ on this side of the road. That's what broke my heart. There's a way to defend our faith and to stand up. Our sword is the rosary, not rude words, not swearing, <laughs> right? Our sword yeah. is the rosary. And the, the best response you can have to someone cursing you and swearing at you is god bless you and they'll go wah, 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 and you can just say god bless you thank you that to me is a bullet that's a bullet and deacon harold carries bullets on his rosary anyway so when we hold up our rosary and say thank you god bless you imagine the bullets that hit satan and through our prayers maybe the heart of that antagonist will change rather than cursing them back bless them back and shock them shock the daylights out of them shock the hell out of them literally <laughs> shock the hell out of them it really was yeah i think a 
I, I was in that cathedral. I was in the middle of the cathedral inside, nice and safe, you know, uh, out of the sun. But <laughs> uh, when you hear the, the, the fighting from both sides, like a war, mm, yeah. as the mass was happening, you, what occurs to you is we're in a cultural war. This is a war yes, outside. Yes. Outside. And, it's spiritual uh, warfare, not cultural. It's spiritual warfare. And the only way, as St. Paul said to the Ephesians, the only way to beat the warfare, the spiritual warfare, is to put on the armor of God. That's what we fight with, the armor of God. What's the armor of God? Chastity, humility, poverty, obedience, the rosary. Prayer, that's the armor of God, our sacramental life. And yes, we can beat the enemy um, without swearing at them. I remember uh, when we were doing Eucharistic processions, when you were probably still in the minds of God, George, you weren't even born yet. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, People used to swear at us and spit at us. And when someone... In 2005 was the last one I remember. You were okay. born, don't you? <laughs> yeah, I was in year five. <laughs> yeah, there you go. In 2005, we had uh, a Eucharistic procession in Sydney. Yeah. Archbishop uh, Fortius, he was only Bishop Fortius at the time, he led it for us. And it was in one of our youth congresses that we had in Sydney. And we got so many people swearing at us and spitting at us. And um, instead of reacting, we responded. A lot of our um, pilgrims that were with us actually knelt on the footpath on the side of the road and continued praying the rosary while those people were standing around them and swearing. They didn't budge. They just knelt there. Um, That, to me, is the perfect response because it makes other people think even if they're acting like this in front of you, I'm sure when they go home, they'll be thinking, why did that person stay kneeling in front of me? I could have beaten them to death. You know, they'll start thinking, what do they have that I don't have? What made them strong? Why are they doing what they're doing? They would question. I think that's the best kind of evangelizing tool, by example, to just persevere. I know some of uh, our younger people think, it's crazy to have protest marches and to pray, have rosary crusades outside abortion mills or um, outside Channel 10, for example, or whatever. Um, But sometimes these things are necessary just to show that we're here and we're defending our faith and we're doing it in a peaceful manner because we're a peaceful people. We have to- Let's talk a little bit about the Channel 10 situation. And, oh, must we? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, what are your thoughts on how it's being carried out? I, I thought the videos that came out were actually mm-hmm. quite peaceful, quite uh, proportionate. Um, that was, that was there, I believe, the, the uh, weekend ago. Mm-hmm. Um, your thoughts on that? Yeah, look, I think there's a time and place for everything. And in that particular situation, I think it was timely. It wasn't in uh, done in bad taste. I was a bit cautious, thinking, why antagonise the situation? I mean, hasn't it been clarified and, and wasn't there reconciliation? I guess it was just to affirm that 
we are offended, the church is offended, God is offended, don't do this again. And they did it in a peaceful manner. So I don't see any harm in it. If they became antagonistic, then that would have been ugly. Like I said, I was heartbroken at Cardinal Pell's funeral. That was unnecessary. Yeah. You know, calling other people names across the road. I mean, Catholics calling other people horrible names. That's uncalled for. Mm-hmm. You know, we're supposed to be leading by example, not copying them. So I mean, in this I case, think everything I think else has been quite proportional. Yes. I mean, people do get emotional at times, but I think everything else has been quite proportional. We've come out, yes. people have made their voices known they've written and i think i think we do need to make our voice known um this is this is an attack on all faiths um and we do like the bishops spoke out the bishops wrote letters um they wrote letters to channel 10 and they wrote letters to the people so they they did make their voices heard um not in a vocal way like on the radio or tv Uh, that would have been great but I think they made their voices heard as best they could. And then the people from there took over and uh, prayed outside Channel 10 and protested. But it was peaceful. So it was it was uh, in good taste, thanks be to God. And we do need to stand up for our faith what, sometimes. What I quite liked about Archbishop Fisher's uh, message was that he actually extended an invitation to the officials of Channel 10, invited them to St. Mary's Cathedral to come and come for a tour and learn about Christianity and see why <laughs> uh, see what, why why we're offended and in a respectful manner. I think he uh, it was actually quite constructive. Yes, that's Not exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah. But again, uh, yeah. let that, uh, you know, righteous anger turn to fruition. Mm-hmm. I, think, I quite like what Archbishop Fisher did. Yeah, Archbishop because Fisher he did. responded to their ill will and poor actions he responded rather than reacted yeah he responded okay you're angry at us catholics you don't like what we do well why don't you come and see what we actually do yeah that's that's a good response not a reaction it's hard for us not to react sometimes um it's really hard i mean how do you turn the other cheek if someone came and spat in your face or hit you you'd want to punch them back it's just a normal human reaction it's so hard not to but how do we learn that discipline? That takes time. If you're not trained over time, then you are going to react. You are just going to have a punch on with someone. If they came up at your face and started swearing at you and cursing your God, you're going to punch them out. But if you've lived a life of prayer, of disciplinary prayer, and you have a, a learned, uh, disciplined yourself to be patient through you know, habit forming, fasting, prayer, penances, you become patient and you can see Christ in those people. Just like Mother Teresa saw Christ in the, in the people with maggots on their legs. She saw Christ. She didn't see a maggot-infested creature. She saw Christ. So when we look at those, dare I say, some are maggot-infested creatures, uh, spiritually-infested creatures, uh, we don't curse them. We see Christ in them. And we ask that he forgive them. Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. So again, back to the cross. Back to Jesus, his example on that cross. Um, Joel reminded me of a story today about the cross. Sometimes our crosses are so heavy that we ask God to, you know, make them lighter. And there's 
an animation of uh, a man carrying his cross and along the path there are other people carrying a cross as well in front of him and he keeps saying lord make this cross smaller it's getting too heavy for me and as he went along his journey his cross got smaller shorter and shorter and when he got to a big gap everyone else used their cross as a bridge he couldn't his cross was too small he couldn't throw the cross over and make it a bridge where he could cross over to uh, the other side sometimes our crosses aren't negative things they're actually powerful empowering occasions and opportunities those opportunities outside St Mary's Cathedral were opportunities for evangelization that we may have missed we didn't look at them as opportunities of evangelization if we could have just pulled up one person from that crowd and said why are you swearing at me why are you cursing my God? What do you know about my faith? Maybe one person out of those thousands may have had a conversion of heart. Mm. That's evangelizing. That's evangelizing. I think it was the video that came out of the 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 lady and the two um, uh, Maronite looking men. <laughs> yes, they were Maronite looking men. <laughs> uh, uh, we can say that because we're Maronites. <laughs> I think I was speaking quite respectfully, a, a constructive discussion. <laughs> and, um, and uh, but yeah, no, we'll, we'll definitely pray for, you know, hopefully there could be some conversions of heart by, by the witness yeah. of the, everybody else and the good discussions. And, and uh, I think what we've got to learn is to taper our anger and, and, and you know, remember yeah. that our Lord was spat at and persecuted and we got to unite our sufferings to our Lord. Um, but let's go into speaking about not losing our faith, mm. not losing our faith. So with all these challenges, you know, the, the cultural challenges and, and I think identity wise, most people who are Catholic came back to the faith, stay in the faith, they identify as Catholic, they're conservatives, they believe in teaching of the church, but the real struggle is the day-to-day -day prayer life. Or what mm -hmm. Sahaja Maria Escriva um, uh, would calls the plan of life, having a, a routine, a set routine, yeah. or, or and, and I think to facilitate a consistent spiritual life every day, so that yes. okay, sure, it's easy to believe all the teachings of the church. It's not that hard mm -hmm. to give religious assent. You know, I think to the saints. <laughs> Today, we're struggling to actually believe in the teachings of the church. I think most of the saints, you know, that was just, they took it for granted. The, the real struggle it. is to actually live and take action with our faith. Um, so let's speak about the actual harder bit, which is, all right, daily living our faith, which we yes. believe in and have a religious sense yes. to, and maybe culturally, whether you're Maronite or you go to the Latin mass yes. or... Uh, any other Eastern church or Western, um, you have a cultural element of the faith. Um, well, good. Might be attached that's, to your parish, yeah. Yeah, look, that, that's a really important point to discuss. You're absolutely right. And um, I was leading a discussion panel at St. Raymond's Youth Group a couple of weeks back about this very same topic. How do we remain Catholic in this day's culture, especially at work? You know, we're talking to young adults the millennials you call them right yeah. so these young adults in their workplace it's very difficult to be catholic when everyone else around you is pushing 
the current agenda of the day, the the sexual culture, you know, the the gender identity and everything else that, that we'd hear about and talk about in this day and age. Being Catholic is like a curse in the workplace these days. So prayer, as St. Jose Maria mentions, is the essence of being Catholic. Even in our workplace, we don't have to speak sometimes. Sometimes our example, our silence, or just our practices are enough. I think my St. Benedict's cross, quite big that I wear around my neck, to some people is more offensive to them than a burqa. Don't ask me why. A burqa that the Muslims wear seems to be more acceptable in this day and age than my St. Benedict's cross around my neck. And that's the kind of culture we live in. So if you're in a workplace where you can't even wear your crucifix around your neck or you can't pray, make the sign of the cross and bless your meals when you eat or you can't go to mass at lunchtime because you'll be putting yourself up to scandal and and uh, mockery, keep doing it anyway. Don't be afraid. This is where the heroes are created. This is where the martyrs are born. This is called white martyrdom. There's red martyrdom in Uganda, in, in Africa, in the Middle East, where Christians are being slaughtered for their faith. That's red martyrdom. But in our culture, in the Western world, we're struggling with white martyrdom. The things that we have to endure on a daily basis, being told off for being Catholic and smiling about it and saying, thank you, God bless you. That's white martyrdom. So don't forget that. We're all saints in the making. But we must have a disciplined prayer life. Every morning when you wake up, acknowledge that you are a Christian, that you are a Catholic. Make the sign of the cross when you wake up in the morning. You don't have to have half an hour of prayers if you if you don't know or, or can't. Make the sign of the cross. Like for me, I have a disciplined prayer life. I pray the liturgy of the hours and I've been doing that for 25 years and I love my liturgy of the hours and I love my daily prayers and I make time for them I've even memorized them I don't even need my books anymore and I memorized my prayers because I can't get along in my day without my prayers I know that when I start to struggle I think oh did I not pray this morning what did I miss and I'll pray my morning consecration prayer again probably for the sixth time but I'll do it anyway because it empowers me. Prayer empowers us. So we can't neglect that. And there's no excuse not to pray. A simple sign of the cross, Lord, I surrender my day to you. Have mercy on me. That's it. That's all you need to do. And keep going from there. But don't stop there. Keep going from there. Start with your morning prayers. Then work on your sacramental life. Going to Mass. Um, there's so many apps on our phones now. We have no excuse. I don't even need to carry my breviary with me, right, George? I've got my Lexio in my phone now. You know, yeah, you can, I believe there's an app called Laudate, which I use. Um, well, I use Evangelizio because that's our breviary, the four-volume set. So yeah. there's there's a few of them, right? And you can download those things and pray. And, oh, by the way, there's EWTN Flix now, like Netflix, but EWTN Flix. 
and you can watch everything on EWTN on your phone, including these podcasts, including um, what you've got. We can so share including all on television where, where... Yes, all the documentaries and shows and everything is on your phone now on EWTN Flix. Just download the app on your phone. It's free. So EWTN Flix, uh, download yeah. the app. Yeah, and like Netflix, TV. it's EWTN Flix. It's excellent. I think it's so, excellent. Yeah, like we really do have faith formation at our tips. You know, this was the, the slogan we used for Perusia Media for so many years, formation at your fingertips. And it's so true. Like we can watch this show, the Catholic Toolbox, on our phones. It's on Facebook. It's on YouTube. Podcast, everything. Everything. Exactly. It's beautiful. Everything is at our fingertips. But so is the devil. So is the temptation to stray. But use this time of Lent to discipline yourself. That's what fasting is about. Disciplining ourselves so that those daily habitual sins gradually become less and less and less until they are no more. And of course, the only way to remove them altogether is to have regular confession. Yeah. That's how you stay Catholic. Focus. Keep going. Don't forget there is an eternity. 100% guaranteed we're dying. 100%. Everyone is going to die. But eternity is not 100% guaranteed. Where are you going to spend eternity? That should be our focus. Our salvation. The wise man seeks his own salvation. You know, this is the 50-year jubilee of the Maronite in Australia. The Maronites in Australia. Did you know that? And we have the relics here of the four saints. Yes, and I the blessing. See. I did see. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, our land of Lebanon is, oh, what's the word, is nourished by the blood of the martyrs, filled with sanctity. And in Australia, we can do the same. You know, our Lebanese here in Australia, our Maronites especially, we are the salt of the earth here. The Archdiocese of Sydney looks to the Maronites even, and they say, you know, we admire your churches are always full with young people. Why? Well, we must be doing something right, George. Maybe all that pushing and, and forcing our kids to go to Mass has paid off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, so, I remember being pushed to, to uh, go to Mass in our upbringing. But, you know, it's it's great to see that Maronites have contributed so much to the Catholic scene in Australia. And also I want to acknowledge that, you know, the groups of traditional Latin mass Catholics and other and other groups, you know, where, where they've been faithful to the teaching of the church. And that's where a lot of fruit is being born. Yes, exactly. And and that's how we do keep our young people Catholic. I mean, we're not going to be here forever, the older generation. We're on our way out. The children are not our future. They are our present. Young adults aren't the future. They are our now. We have to um, we have to train them and fill them with hope, not despair, not forcefully say to them, if you don't pray, you're going to hell, for example. That's not a good way to teach kids, not by frightening them into doing things. That's not how God works. God wants us to desire his love. God wants us to desire his mercy. That's why he gave us free will. So we would do well to instill in our children the same desire to want to know God, to want to serve God, to want to know and love and serve God and one day be with him in heaven, just as the catechism teaches us. That's why God made us 
So it's good for us to instill that into our children. But at the end of the day, they're not ours. And as they get older, as I'm finding, and many parents my age are finding, and even yourself, George, you're an adult now. You're not waiting for your parents to tell you what to do. You are your own person. But whatever they've they've uh, taught you in the past has built your character, what you've learned in your life, whether it be from your parents or from the world. I mean, let's admit not all parents are great parents. And some children have actually learned to be the opposite of their parents because they make their own choices. So I'm not putting the the onus on parents here. We can only do so much. And then the rest that we can't do, we offer prayers for. We offer our sacrifices, our penances, our masses, that God will protect our children. That's the best we can do. Uh, that's That's what we call also reparation. Being like Christ on the cross. He ransomed himself for our salvation, for our redemption. Our salvation is in our own hands, right? He redeemed us, but we have to work out our own salvation in in fear and trembling, right? Yeah. That's what scripture tells us. Now, for our children, how do we save them? I mean, if they're wayward children, as many are, um, if they're on the wrong path, as many are, how do we help them to get back on track? How do, I mean, our desire is to keep them Catholic, I've seen some young adults more Catholic than their parents. I've seen parents that have never been to confession, maybe once in their lifetime, but their children go once a month because our younger adults are being formed better. The older generation didn't receive that formation. All they had was the church on a Sunday, end of story. They didn't have um, the web. They didn't have the internet. They didn't have faith formation at their fingertips. If they were lucky, they had books. They'd go to a library. But they relied on the priest in his homily to teach them and the scripture of the day. So they're not all formed catechetically. I'm sorry to say that. Yeah, so that, that, that includes my parents' generation. Similarly, yeah, I've had debates. Your generation as well. I've had so, debates yeah. with people where they say, why do I have to go to confession? I haven't killed anyone. That does remind me of my grandmother, you know, <laughs> wondering why yeah. I'm going to confession, you know, uh, you don't kill anybody, you didn't steal, you didn't, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, they're forgetting the power of that sacrament. You know, the sacrament of confession being a sacrament means that it works of its own merit, doesn't rely on our faith. It is more powerful in deliverance than an exorcism because an exorcism is a rite, not yeah. a sacrament. Confession is a sacrament. So if there's any any doubt as to your disposition and if the enemy is playing any part in your life, go to confession and he'll be gone because it's more powerful than an exorcism. It's cleansing. Confession is so important and it's so it's so sad that a lot of people don't think it's necessary. I haven't killed anyone, therefore I don't need to go to confession. That's all they think of, murder and adultery, as if they're the only two sins on earth. But there are 10 commandments. <laughs> there are 10 commandments. Excellent. you know. And then venial sins, of course, don't have to be confessed in confession because we have the penitential rites in mass. 
But the practice of confessing your venial sins is a good practice because it's not allowing the devil any entryway into your soul. That's all it's for. You know, Excellent. and it's, I love confession. Next, you know, next to the sacrament of Eucharist, confession is so powerful. So please, if you're listening and you haven't been to confession in a while, make sure you go. I mean, the church says you must go to confession at least once a year before Easter, right? Yeah. That's why we have confession just before Holy Week. But some people only go to confession then. Yeah. And that's sad because if I could go every week, I would. I try to go fortnightly, uh, sometimes once a month. Like the longest it's been is one once a month because I go to my first Friday vigils as well. So I'm in the habit of going to confession once a month yep. just to keep me on the right path. I mean, it, it, it's it's funny during the Easter time now, Easter is approaching Holy Week. You often see the biannual Catholics, people that go once a year to confession. <laughs> and uh, I always like to comment and say, well, these people aren't sinning all year. <laughs> it's uh, it's, uh, it's it's my optimism, I always like to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but remember, yeah, what it's... We're the only sinners going say. every month. What it's uh, scripture tells us that the righteous man sins seven times a day. The righteous man sins seven times a day. Are we more righteous than the righteous? It's not possible. I, I like think as 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 you grow in holiness, your set your your sensitivity towards yes. your uh, yes. your guilt and your sin and your offending God becomes yes. higher. So we we yes. tend to be more sensitive and we realize, hey, we're sinning even That's in right. small things. Yeah, but, that's that's yeah, that's good. Sensitive conscience. That's what we should pray for, George. Okay. To have a sensitive conscience against sin, but not scrupulous. Yeah. That's the danger. Some people are oversensitive and they become scrupulous. They doubt God's mercy. I've been to confession, but did he forgive me for this sin? You know, I keep thinking about this particular sin. It's on my mind. Does that mean it's not forgiven? No, that's just scrupulosity. You can't keep confessing the same sin over again um, when you haven't committed it. And I know that that's a problem with uh, many people. And scrupulosity okay. itself is the sin against the Holy Spirit, the sin of, of despair, of losing hope and not trusting in God's mercy. So that's how the devil plays on us. Again, by trying to be holy, he attacks us with that you know attack oh you think you're holy well maybe you're too holy are you sure you're holy did you confess that sin did you really you know the devil's uh, tactic there's room to chill out you know take it easy mm -hmm. uh, yeah that's right and then complacency sets in and justifying ourselves i think the millennial struggle and most of the people struggle is complacency people just mm -hmm. ugh, just take it easy i think in australia yeah, not bothered also, Bit, bit chilled out you know we do it yeah. on our terms on my yeah. terms i think that's a problem well of course there is flexibility there is no strict way to do it to pray or have a plan but i think mm. we've got to stick to it we have to treat it as if it, it was part of our routine like lunch like going to work but let's that's go the road to be safe let's go into three practical tools style way about how we take action with Keeping mm. ourselves in the faith and keeping our uh, spouse in the faith and keeping our children in the faith. I think let's get yeah. three practical tools from you about how to take action 
in these three in, tools. Three tools. Very easy. Very easy. Excellent. You know how you, you know how you protect yourself from the sun. Yeah. The SPF factor. Yes. Okay. There's an SPF factor for your spiritual life. S is for the sacraments. P is for prayer, and F is for fasting. So the sacramental life. Go to confession. Go to mass. Prayer. Pray, even if it's just, hi, God, it's me. Have a good day. See you later. Bye. Just talk to God. Pray. That's what prayer is about. You don't want to pray the rosary. Okay, but keep the rosary in your hands, in your pocket, in your purse, in your car, so that you can see the rosary to remind you, I'll pray the rosary. The rosary is, is, a, is the most powerful prayer next to the mass. Next to the mass. That's the most powerful prayer. If we're trained in praying the rosary, just one Hail Mary a day will be fine. Anything, pray. And fasting, not just fasting from food, but fasting from sin. Fasting from going on that immoral website that you like going on. Fast from swearing, using that language that you're accustomed to using. Fast from getting drunk on the weekend. That's fasting. It doesn't have to be, you know, from midnight to midday, no bread, no water, no no food. You know what I mean? Yeah. So sacraments and prayer and fasting. SPF, that's, you know, like sunscreen for our skin. It's it's, it's um, temptation screen for our soul. <laughs> it keeps us safe. They're the three tools I would recommend. And let's go into the first one. Having a plan as well. How does someone get into a prayer? How can someone draft a prayer life with your um with, with your help practically? How can we do it? Because that, that's probably the hardest part to start. We get lazy. Okay. We so we say a prayer here. We say a prayer there. I might okay. go to mass. I might you know might make a visit. You sort of it's it's it, it works around our schedule. Yes, and well, that's where um, it fails. I... Yes, I agree with you. We leave Unless it up you actually, and we do it on our yes, own time. I agree. It's it's hard. You forget. Unless you see it written in front of you, you might forget. You don't intentionally mean to not pray, but you might just get up and think, oh, I'm late for work. I've got to get dressed and go, right? But if I have an alarm on my phone every morning, morning prayers, and my phone rings and I see, oh, morning prayers. Okay. I'll grab my breviary, whatever. For example, put it in your phone or write it on a notice board in your room. Uh, I I have a journal. I have 20 journals at least I have for journal writing. And I have a piety checklist. I'm a consecrated um, member of a community. So I have a piety checklist where I tick off that I've done my morning prayers my rosary, make one for yourself. Put, Make a list for yourself and put it next to your bed, on your bedside table. Morning prayers, rosary, mass, evening prayers. Um, that's it. That's all you need. Yeah. And you just I think, and you can even get day. apps. There, I think there, there is an app called the St. Jose Maria app where there is a list of, and there are other apps as well. Oh, okay, yeah, where that's you can, good. Where it gives you a list of things and you can click tick, I did that. Did you do the this particular prayer? Angelus, as the Angelus there, you do it. Yeah, it. yeah. I think yes, we I need to start systematizing our mm -hmm. prayer. 
You know, you if I was the Pope, I would decree all Catholics must pray five times a day or three <laughs> times a day. I think it's easier. <laughs> Sometimes we look at other religions and they're like they have a set prayer time. We just yeah. have the whole sacrifice of the mass and a few things, but we should be. Well, look, for me, morning is morning prayers. Yeah. Throughout the day, I pray rosaries. Like I pray minimum four rosaries where possible. So yeah. if I'm driving, I'll pray rosary. Yeah. Um, if I'm in adoration, I'll pray rosary. So morning for me is for my morning prayers, yeah. for my liturgy of the hours and my own private morning prayers, consecration prayers. Then I don't even need an alarm for the angelus. My guardian angel just says, it's 12 o'clock. I look at my clock, it's 12 o'clock. I pray my angelus. Three o'clock, same thing. Guardian angel reminds me, it's three o'clock. I pray the divine mercy chaplet. Whatever I'm doing, I can still pray in my head. Even if I'm working, I pray in my head or it's on my phone and I play it on my phone and I listen and contribute as I pray. And then in the evening, I just do evening prayer. Okay. So morning is for mass and morning prayers. Then lunchtime is Angelus and then the chaplet and then evening prayers. So okay. easy. So I mean, people, listening, so people listening can start with a piety checklist where, okay, well, they can start with something small. So maybe something yes. in the morning, midday, and evening. So yeah, easy. And they so could... What will you do in the morning? You can do morning prayers or morning mass. Or okay. you can do evening mass. In the Maronite church, we have evening masses, thank God. We have at least two, three masses a day in the Maronite churches. There's always yeah. a funeral. So you convenient. can always do a funeral. Yeah, praise God. So <laughs> organize your day. Look, when I was... I'll share this with you. When I was working in the cemetery... Years ago, 20 years ago or so, I was a florist in Rookwood Cemetery oh. and I was surrounded by the dead and I used to pray for the dead every day. And I prayed when I became a consecrated uh, back in 2001, I prayed that this was my prayer, Lord, please organize my day so that I can go to daily mass because I was working like eight till four every day. And I had a stroke that year that's how my day got organized I laugh at it now because it was a minor stroke not a major stroke but it, I was bedridden for a year but God organized my day he organized my life so even though I'd had a stroke I was forced to leave that full-time job and my next job was parish secretary in a church and I had mass every day and that's how God organized my life so that I could have mass every day. That's all I asked for. Organize my life, Lord. Organize my day. That's all you need to pray for. If you're really sincere about wanting to redirect your path and really live Catholic, be Catholic and love Catholic, ask God to help you. Lord, organize my day so that I can be more pleasing to you. Incline my heart unto your will. Psalm 86. Incline my heart unto your will. I love that line. If you pray okay. that every morning, you're on the right path and God will Thank direct you. you. Whatever you can offer in the day is good. And don't be hard on yourself. If you can't pray, uh, you don't have to pray the liturgy of the hours. Not everyone prays the liturgy of the hours. If you can just pray a Hail Mary, our Father, and glory be, and get up in the morning and start your day, you're already on the right path. And make a morning offering. And then let's say at midday, you can stop and say the Angelus. That doesn't take very long. Um, mm -hmm. And then maybe fit in the rosary around the Angelus time. 
And then in the evening, maybe you can select some prayers from the app. I mean, get yeah. the app and then say it there and then see how you go for a month or two and then yeah. reorganize the plan. But I think you need, as you said, a checklist. I think that's the antidote yeah. to, to being complacent. And um, even if it's one thing at a time, George, not all yeah. of that even. If you just decided, okay, I'm going to start praying the Angelus every day at 12 o'clock. That's a start. Yeah. Yeah. It gets you into the habit and then you think, okay, tomorrow I'm going to do morning prayers and the Angelus. You know, and maybe a month later, okay, I'm good at this now. I can do this. I want to go to Mass. Every day I want to go to Mass. I'll find a way to get to Mass. There's morning Masses. There's midday Masses. There's evening Masses. When I used to miss a Mass in the morning, I'd go all the way into the city to Church Hill because they had Masses every hour there in in, in um, uh, St. Patrick's on Church yeah. Hill. Yeah. Um, there, so, there are options. Yes, you can get committed, things, depending on where you way. work or you live or you wake up. There's there's early masses, but the key is to build it up slowly. And don't forget your guardian angel. He wants yeah. you to please God. So when you pray your guardian angel to your guardian angel to help you through the day, angel of God, my guardian dear, to whom God's love commits me here ever this day, be at my side to light and guard, to rule and guide. Amen. That was our guardian angel prayer from when I was like five years old. Excellent. If you pray that every day, your guardian angel will never leave, leave you astray. He will always prompt you to do the right thing. He'll make things available for you. Excellent. We have so many tools, George, so many tools God has given us, but we keep them in the toolbox. Take We're them out. Take the them out and use them. Exactly. exactly. So time to take yeah. action. Sub Elias, it's been a pleasure having you. What's your final word you. of uh, of hope for people listening? Pray hope and don't worry. <laughs> Pray hope Pray and don't worry. Thank you so much Pray for being with me here today. Thank you. God bless you, George. Thanks. Thank for you very me. much for tuning in to the Catholic Toolbox. Don't forget to download the podcast and so subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts on Podbean, Spotify, every platform. Go to the Catholic Toolbox. That is the Catholic Toolbox. Simply hit the subscribe button. And don't forget to go to the Catholic Toolbox Show.com. That is the Catholic Toolbox Show.com. Subscribe to our weekly newsletter. So thank you for tuning into Catholic Toolbox, the art of practical Catholicism. I'm your host and founder, George Manasseh. Until next week, God bless, take care, and take action. In this era of grave spiritual crisis, it is not enough to simply know about your Catholic faith. That is why we need a Catholic toolbox to equip us with the practical skills necessary to live our Catholic faith, to reach our ultimate goal, which is heaven for all eternity. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves do what it says. Join us every Tuesday night at 8pm for the Catholic Toolbox as we hand you the tools to go forth, live the faith and change our modern world today. Live on The Voice of Charity. Music